and welcome to the Sarah Explains It All podcast. We are in our summer season still, but we're going to talk about rest. So I think that rest is something that is really underrated. It's not something that we get to do a lot, particularly if you are a mama to some littles or you've got a dog or you've got a job or you've got a partner or you live life it's really challenging to make sure that we get adequate time to rest and I know you're probably sitting there thinking but I sleep at night and it's not great but it's okay and I'm not super tired all the time stop right there yes we do sleep and that is great but what I am talking about is proper rest, yoga nidra, taking a moment to sit still in meditation, allowing the body to fully, completely relax, allow the mind to relax, to empty, and to wake up super incredibly refreshed. Now, I was trying to find a um, a stat, a statistic. I'm sure that I read somewhere that one hour of yoga nidra is like an eight hour sleep. That is how refreshed you wake up after an hour's yoga nidra. Now sign me up for that. If I can get eight hours of refreshing sleep in just an hour, I am all for it. Now that is not to say that you can just live off of one hour of yoga nidra and just absolutely belt it. No, That is to say that you can utilize a very short amount of time to release or reduce rather the cortisol that a lot of us have raised. We're in a stress-filled environment, particularly with everything that's been going on the past year, 18 months. So our stress levels have risen. Yeah, we find... um, we could find ourselves anxious or overwhelmed. And it's not a nice feeling. And I can't imagine that anyone enjoys it. Now, yoga nidra helps to put your body into a deep sleep. So effectively, you are quieting the waves of the mind through a conscious entry into a sleep state. Now, this is from a yoga journal article on uh, yoga nidra. So it allows you to trigger the body using breathing techniques. So you breathe in a specific way to allow the body to start that relaxation response. Now that in turn helps to balance out our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, balances the left and the right brain. So in that, it allows our brains to shift from an awakened state with a huge amount of activity going on. Raise your hand if you're constantly thinking about 17 things at once. Yet I'm here raising my hand to a more relaxed state. Now in this more relaxed state, it is when we have the mood regulating hormone serotonin. That is getting released in our in our relaxed brain state. Okay, and that, as we all know, serotonin helps to calm us down. Okay, studies show that people who spend little time in this alpha brainwave state or in this 
relaxed brainwave state have more anxiety than those who spend more time there. Now, just take a moment to think about that. Yeah, so if your brain is constantly going 90 to nothing and it's never really in this relaxed state, of course you're going to feel more anxiety. Of course you're going to feel more overwhelmed, okay? Shifting our brain into this relaxed state helps the process of powering down or coming into a slower, more restorative brain wave activity. How amazing does that sound? Okay, now I'm not going to get into theta, data, delta, alpha, and all of that sort of things. But when you're put under anesthesia, you're put into a delta brave wave state. People in comas are in a delta brain wave state. So from alpha or from this calm brain wave, you go into a deeper calm brain wave. Then you go into a high theta brain wave, which is your dream state. So think your REM sleep, okay? So your thoughts are really starting to slow down here, yeah? So this is where we could get our super learn on. So kids spend a lot of time in this, this area and this activity happens in their brains, okay? Ooh, just got a message. So a person in this theta brain wave state may see more colors or visions might hear the voice of the person talking yet at the same time not hear the voice yeah so you're going into what this article likes to call the gap of nothingness yeah so after this theta brain wave you move into delta where your thoughts are even slower. So this is the most relaxed restorative state that our bodies can go in. We allow our bodies to get into this state and the stress hormone, cortisol, can be removed from our system completely. It allows our organs to regenerate, yeah? So like I said, when you're put under anesthesia, you're in a delta brain wave state, okay? So this is giving our bodies a chance to restore all systems of the body, okay? So depending on the deepness of the state of sleep depends on how well our bodies can repair ourselves. So in our culture, very few people are going into the deep states of sleep like theta and delta on a regular basis, okay? So our bodies are never actually getting a chance to calm, to be restorative, to chill, to rest, to rejuvenate, okay? Depressed people go into beta and alpha states but rarely go into theta and delta. Yoga Nidra takes you deep into a different brain wave state. You can't reach this state just by sleeping. In this fourth state of consciousness, your brain is thoughtless. No thoughts. It's sort of like a complete loss of consciousness, but you're still awake. It's one of deep 
and utter surrender. Your consciousness is far away from your physical body. And not everyone that practices yoga nidra gets to this state and not every time you practice will you get to this state. However, the more you practice, the more you'll receive little glimpses of it. How amazing is that? So when I say practicing yoga nidra, you um, don't have to practice for a huge amount of time. 10 minutes is a great amount of time if that's all that you've got to allow yourself. But after you've done this fourth state of consciousness, you will be guided back into waking up again. Okay, so there's a nice, gentle, guiding voice that will bring you back to allow you to reawaken and start your everyday brain state. Yeah, so we're able to rewire our thoughts and our emotions. Because our subconscious is so fertile. It's so much more open to intentions and affirmations than it is when we're in a waking state. So there isn't any judgment in this fourth brain state that we can reach through yoga nidra. Okay. So as a consequence of practicing yoga nidra, you find that you begin to rest more and you begin to tap more into the space between the emotions and the thoughts and the judgments, and the concerns, and the resting in this space allows you to tap into the ultimate sense of freedom, where you are not triggered by all of the craziness that is going on in your life. It allows you to bring your attention to that space between your eyebrows. So if you practice a yoga or you are in that in, um, energetic realm, you would call this your third eye, that spot behind it lies the penal gland. And it's stimulated when you bring your attention to your third eye. Studies have shown that the penal gland hormone melatonin is an incredibly powerful tool for helping your stress to reduce. It helps your um, sleep to be more restful. It boosts that immune system, which in turn helps to promote healing, slows premature aging. We all want that, don't we? And it helps to prevent illness. I found the quote. So, it was in my notes. 45 minutes of yogic sleep feels like three hours of regular sleep, right? So again, it is not a, you certainly do not just practice yogic sleep for 45 minutes and then sleep three hours less at night. Yeah. But it is allowing you to see or to at least experience some of this effect when your brainwave change happens during yoga nidra, okay? There are lots of studies that support the art and the practice of yoga nidra. Tracy Stanley has a beautiful book, and I believe it's called Radiant Rest, and I will tag it in the show notes. She's a beautiful book all about yoga nidra and different yoga nidras that you can um, tap into. They are phenomenal. It's a lovely, gorgeous book. 
Margaret uh, James, who is um, was part of the 12, my cohort of the 12, is another beautiful soul. And she really, really, really is a huge advocate for this rest practice. And she has a rest, um, a rest course I believe it's called I'm going to um, tag everything that she has down below as well so that you can tap into that because she is a beautiful teacher um, and it's a great practice to tap into now after yoga nidra or yogic sleep the other things that I always like to do and I like to tap into are just things that are very easy to do in your everyday life walk a bit slower, get off at the um, bus stop one or two stops before if you do ride the bus and walk the rest of your way so that you can be in the in nature, hearing the birds, etc. Are the cars if you're in a big city, whatever. S start your walk a little bit sooner. So if you have to leave at a certain time, try and leave 10 minutes earlier. Why not? Hey, it's not anything to push you out of your time limit 10 minutes isn't that much go ahead and try that try walking or leaving 10 minutes earlier so that you can walk or you can get out of the bus two stops before you really need to sitting down and really tasting your cup of coffee so smelling it feeling the texture of your mug tasting it feeling the heat or the coldness, depending on what kind of coffee you're having. So use that sensory, um, be tactile with it, touch it, smell it, feel it, yeah? Cup of coffee, cup of tea, make it a ritual. Don't just go through the motions, actually make it a nice ritual, okay? This is another way that I find if I just take a moment and just focus on what I'm doing, that it allows my overwhelm, my anxiety, my stress to re re reduce or re it goes a lot lower. I'm able to catch my breath and to breathe a bit deeper. And on a note of breathing, you could also practice breathing techniques. So alternate nostril breathing is a great technique to practice. So if you don't happen to know that, you would take your middle finger and place it between your third eye. You take your ring finger and close your left nostril and take your right finger and close your right nostril. Now, opening up the right nostril with your left nostril closed, breathing in through that right nostril, close the right nostril, open up the left, breathe out. And then breathe in through the left nostril, closing and breathe out through the right. Brilliant. Now that is one round. You would do typically about 10. The idea is it's allowing yourself to slow down. It's allowing that breath to really focus in, to you to focus in on the breath and what you're doing. So it's a great way to um, reduce your cortisol and your stress levels. Other types of breathing practice, you could inhale for five, hold for three, exhale for five. You could inhale for five, hold for five, exhale for seven. So the five, five, seven breath, the five, four, five breath, any number, as long as your exhale is slightly longer than what you held and your inhale was. So for example, five, four, five 
or 546, 547, whatever you'd like to do. The idea is that, again, you are counting, but focusing on the inhales, the hold, and the exhales, okay? How do we incorporate this into our daily life? We'll start small, my friend, because small habits or small hinges close big doors. I can't remember what it's called, but small habits build on each other to create a huge habit change. So if you think, man, I have coffee every day, I'm going to incorporate that. That practice is going to be where I focus my attention on. Amazing. Set yourself an alarm on your phone. Have it go off when you're making your cup of coffee. And that will remind you to engage in that practice. If it is a breathing technique, similar thing, choose a time of day. Perhaps you do it when you first wake up. Perhaps you do it when you're going to sleep. But make sure that you set a time or a timer on your phone or a timer somewhere or put a note somewhere that will remind you to engage in that practice. Accountability is a huge one, my friends, a huge one. Find someone else that wants to do a practice like this with you. Find someone else who wants to reduce their cortisol, their stress, their anxiety, their overwhelm, and say, I'm going to message you and see if you've done your practice today. Accountability is by far one of the best ways to start a small habit change, hands down. As a coach, I see it all the time. The accountability is what helps people make lasting change. Find someone. If you don't have someone, I will be your accountability partner. You just send me a message and I will. we will sort it out. I will be your accountability partner. If you want to practice yoga nidra, fabulous. You can find lots of recorded yoga nidras on YouTube, I'm sure. I'm going to actually record a yoga nidra and drop it into the podcast so that you can have that. That'll be super cool and super fun and so relaxing. Um, and you've got, you'll have that. But there are lots of different yoga nidras that you can find. Find someone whose voice you really enjoy. That is really key. And then you can start to practice that beautiful yoga nidra. Now, again, 10 minutes. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however long you want to practice your yoga nidra or your yogic sleep, there will be one for you over on YouTube. Mine will probably be about 10, 12 minutes. So you're more than welcome to tap into that one. And I'll get that recorded and dropped probably at the end of the week. But watch Instagram, I'll let you know. Thank you so much for tuning in to this rest podcast. I look forward to sharing the resources with you over on um, over in the show notes. If you have any questions, as always, send me a message. My email address will be in the show notes as well. And I hope that you have a fabulous evening. Bye now.